0: This is a closer look with Arthur Levitt. Arthur Levitt is a former chairman of the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, a Bloomberg LP board member, a senior advisor to the Promontory Financial Group, and a policy advisor to Goldman Sachs. Mike Cagney is an entrepreneur who likes building financial service firms. He founded Finiplex, a wealth management technology firm co-founded Cabazon Investment Group, a global macro hedge fund, and co-founded SoFi, an online personal finance company. He's here today to talk about his newest ventures, a financial services startup called Figure, and Provenance, a blockchain protocol for the origination, custody, trading, and securitization of whole loans and other assets. He joins me now for a closer look. I should mention that I'm an advisor to Figure. Mike, you have two new ventures, Figure and Provenance. Could you describe the difference between the two? And uh, then we can delve into the details of each.
1: Sure. And, and thanks for having me here. So Provenance is a blockchain uh, that we built to address the rent-seeking and financial services And the idea was to use blockchain technology to eliminate the need for traditional intermediation, such as custody agents and trustees and administrators. And it was clear to us early on that unless we had a tangible use case for provenance, it would just be technology that we would build. And so we created Figure to generate assets to actually put onto provenance, and that was a forcing function to get the buy side to engage to buy those assets on blockchain that forced the sell side to come in and finance those assets on blockchain and it kicked off the ecosystem. So you can think of the two businesses as being independent in the sense of their business lines but synergistic in that Provenance really needed figure to break through and and generate broader adoption.
0: So you've created a chain where you can uh, put an entire loan on it. Could, Could you explain how you do that?
1: Sure. So most of what we thought about in blockchain to date has been the idea of tokenization of assets, where we put a token to represent an asset off-chain. And from our perspective, that wouldn't work effectively here. We wanted to be able to digitally originate an asset native to blockchain. And that's why we ended up building our own distributed stakeholder blockchain to satisfy that. But in doing this, you want to capture the characteristics of blockchain being distributed, immutable, and trustless. And, And starting with trustless, That means when I put a loan on the blockchain, all the information related to that loan, whether it's a credit report or income verification or a property valuation, has to be digitally signed by source so that I'm not representing that information as true, I'm actually proving that it's true. And then each of these stakeholders that takes that information and independently adds that to the chain has information like my underwriting box, my criteria for credit, such that they know with certainty whether I've underwritten that ro- that loan correctly. So the asset is native to, digitally native to the blockchain.
0: Now starting in July, FIGURE began generating home equity loans and in August selling them on provenance. How's it going so far? Are you getting the results you hope for using the blockchain that you built, and who's buying the loans?
1: So I, I think it's a, it's always good to remember that the the path to success is never linear, and so we've certainly had some interesting challenges as we started to originate assets on blockchain, which which no one's done before. Uh, but by and large, it's worked the way that we anticipated. The blockchain, in particular, the technology, has worked the way that we had hoped. Um, on the loan origination side, we're doing some pretty innovative stuff on on the home equity line of credit, uh, doing things like uh, video notary, for example. And and so we've had to work out some bugs there. Uh, but by and large, it's worked the way that we've anticipated. And we're currently selling loans to a major investment bank and a major hedge fund that's receiving financing from that bank.
0: Now. Provenance is going to upend the way that we originate securities and trade assets. Explain that, please.
1: So our, our hope is to upend things. And and basically, it rests in a couple of different fronts. The The first is, if you think of securitization as an example, and the process of securitization and the number of intermediaries that you have... The goal is to eliminate the need for those intermediaries, eliminate the need for the custody bank, for the trustee, for the administrator, and in doing so, massively cut the cost out of creating the securities. And the idea being that the securities are resident on the blockchain, so the blockchain is a registry. And what that does is it allows for real-time exchange of assets without counterparty risk, without settlement risk everything that we've done to get to T plus two, you're now getting to T plus instantaneous. And and we think this is the wave of the future. The blockchain technology will become the fundamental exchange in which assets are traded and they'll be done in a way without encouraging or uh, uh, without taking on counterparty risk and settlement risk.
0: You've met with some of the largest global banks to discuss issues with blockchain adoption. Uh, What are their concerns? What do they worry about? What what bothers them
1: so so I think the the starting point is and, and why a lot of people call blockchain distributed ledger technology or DLT these days is the the first version of blockchain what we call blockchain V point1 or v 1.0 was a lot about tokens um, it was about Bitcoin it was about uh, other types of digital current digital tokens or digital currencies. And I think there's a lot of apprehension and and concern about that within the banking community, in in particular because of the regulatory issues that that can potentially introduce. And so one of the first things that we had to do was just educate people that what we were using blockchain for was a technological solution to a problem that we all face within the securities market. And and I think once we were able to get people comfortable with that, then it was just the normal process of diligence, regulatory, compliance, technology, uh, all the boxes we had to check to show that we could do everything on-chain that we've done historically off-chain.
0: Mike, blockchain was supposed to change the world, but it seemed slow to take off. Uh, Even you decided to create an asset for your own blockchain to give it a better chance. Why hasn't it taken off the way uh, it's predicted?
1: I think one of the biggest challenges is there are a lot of blockchains that have been created out there, a lot of tokens that have been created out there, but not enough real-world problems to use the technology. And and that's one of the nice things in in terms of what we're doing, in that we have a very tangible problem within the, the securities market and the financial <coughs> services marketplace, um, the amount of intermediation that exists there. And so by creating Figure to be the first user, what we were able to do was control our own destiny. We were able to drive adoption based on our ability to execute. And we're paving a path to show others how blockchain technology has a significant impact in things like liquidity, cost of origination, and, and visibility.
0: How do you uh, gauge the credit risk of borrowers? And how can you do it so, uh, so much quicker than most banks do?
1: So I think one of, the, one of the interesting things that we did when we created Figure is we wanted to be able to do a, a home equity line of credit, but do it very, very quickly. And if you work with the capital markets, there are certain things like uh, electronic appraisal versus physical appraisal that within particular ranges uh, the capital markets are comfortable with. And so information that's available in terms of credit, title, property value, uh, provide for a, a relatively quick underwriting process. The historical challenge has always been the notary process where one has to notarize a document because you're perfecting a lien to the property and what we've done there is we use video and that's something innovative it's something that's recent with states like texas and nevada supporting e-notary where when you get to the point of the lien Uh, You basically video the notary, show them your ID and your face. We do a a biometric recognition and and we can perfect the lien electronically, notarize and perfect electronically. And that's massively cut down the time to to delivery. And that opens up huge opportunity in terms of use cases for the credit.
0: Leaseback property then becomes a token and even its own REIT. What does that mean?
1: So what, what we do is is in consideration to the, the growing demographic of folks entering retirement uh, and being underfunded for, for retirement, we produced an alternative to a reverse mortgage, which is we buy your home and, and rent it back to you. We call it a buy-lease-back. And, and the relevance of that is as a homeowner, I get my cash, I'm no longer on the hook for property tax or, or maintenance, uh, and I can stay in the home as long as I wish that home and the financing that goes with it are actually on blockchain. And what that allows us to do is is rather than the traditional process of forming a REIT where we would go to a custody bank and a trustee and drop these assets in there and, and deal with that relatively costly perfection process, we simply issue a token against those assets on chain and that token becomes the REIT. Same legal structure, just very different mechanics.
0: From the standpoint of uh, the borrow, is this a... Choice of last resort, or uh, is it a viable economic transaction for that homeowner?
1: So, so what we what in terms of, of both the product itself, if you look at it side by side versus reverse mortgage or cash uh, cash out refinancing, it's an extremely attractive product, and, and in most cases, buy rent back works better from an economic standpoint. In terms of blockchain, the consumer is getting the benefit of the blockchain in terms of reduced cost to execute. And ultimately, that technology will translate to better pricing for consumers, lower costs for consumers. And so blockchain will have a, a relatively significant impact on, on anyone who does any financial product.
0: A traditional home equity conversion mortgage is usually insured by the Federal Housing Administration. What guarantees does FIGURE offer for the Leaseback loan?
1: So, in terms of the buyer base, they're, they're, they're buying this as they would a, a non-conforming mortgage in the sense that, or, or sorry, a, a, a jumbo mortgage in the sense that they're taking the credit risk related to it. Um, what they're really taking in terms of credit risk is the ability of the renter to pay that rent. And so one of the things that we do is we escrow some of the proceeds such that should the renter have any problems, we can tap that escrow and ensure that the owner of the property can get the rent payments.
0: Mike, SEC Enforcement Division co-head Stephanie Avakian said initial coin offerings have the potential to fundamentally alter the way public companies raise money. What is an ICO? And what are the advantages Versus traditional equity.
1: Sure. If you, if you think about <clears throat> traditional equity, the value of that equity is the present value of the net income related to that company. And to take that into consideration, once looking <clears throat> at the revenue, but also the operating margin, the expenses, the idiosyncratic risk of the firm. If you think about the blockchain, when one has a token on the blockchain, that token generally represents an access fee and it represents a pro rata revenue share to use that blockchain. So if there are 100 tokens, each token would have a 1% stake in the revenue that comes off that chain. And so when you think about token valuation, rather than looking at a discounted cash flow of net income, you're looking at discounted cash flow of revenue. This is a much easier valuation approach because you don't need to take into account the operating margin of the firm, the idiosyncratic risk of the firm, The token in general is being used so it's liquid. You're not waiting for a liquidity event. The token has a finite amount so it's non-dilutable. You can't issue more of it. And generally the token will have a voting right into the governance of the foundation. And so on a side-by-side basis, there's some very attractive characteristics of token versus traditional
0: equity. The new tax law limited the deductibility of home equity loan interest. Is that a problem?
1: Well, it limits it for purposes outside of home improvement. So home improvement, you still have the ability to deduct the the interest. But the reality is, if you think about that market space and you look at it versus unsecured consumer lending, you can still generate a much lower cost of capital and much lower interest rate uh, being able to leverage the equity in your home than you can just borrowing on an unsecured basis. So even without the tax benefit, it it can be a a very compelling alternative.
0: When you started FIGURE, you raised cash by issuing traditional equity, not a token or ICO. Why not?
1: I think in the beginning we needed to create the blockchain to actually have a token that could generate value. And, and unlike a lot of the ICOs that have been happening in the marketplace where people were raising capital in the hopes of executing, we, we felt it was more salient to actually demonstrate how the blockchain could work, demonstrate a tangible addressable market, actually have it working before we issued the token. And so it, it's been somewhat unique in that Pe- people would call this a reverse ICO to the extent that it is an ICO. Uh, but in our view, it was more important to have the blockchain in production and the token yielding before we, were, uh, before we went to sell that token.
0: Do you think you'll raise money in the future with uh, an ICO?
1: So what, it, what we hope to be able to do is, given the, the, the view that the SEC has that tokens are securities, our view would be to do a registered offering of the token. So rather than do an ICO, actually do an IPO. Um, now, of course, that's not happened thus far, uh, but we think it's something that that could and should happen. And, and that's really what we're targeting in terms of, of next steps for provenance.
0: How will the v- venture capital and private equity firms be disrupted by fundraising, moving to ICOs and tokens? So I don't I don't think they'd get
1: disrupted. I think what happens is they change their offering memorandums such that they can invest in these tokens. Because I think, again, the token is a very attractive alternative to traditional equity, and there's still a need for capital. And so what we see Could is- Could you
0: describe such a transaction?
1: Well, sure. So so if I was a venture capitalist and I was doing an early-stage investment, I'm, I'm buying equity that is most likely not profitable, doesn't yield, is, is not liquid, um, is dilutable, and, and has some voting rights associated with it. Well, in lieu of that, I could be buying a token that is a revenue share on a platform, is yielding today, um, doesn't have the idiosyncratic risk of the firm, is non-dilutable, has voting rights, and so it's, a, it's an interesting alternative for me as, a, as an investor to do something that is actually a lot more simplistic in terms of valuation.
0: Now, the commission, the SEC is very concerned that ICO uh, exchanges and issuers can't protect themselves from uh, cyber criminals. How do you deal with that?
1: Well, I think it's, it's a general issue, and having come from the financial services universe where we hold an enormous amount of, of data, uh, security is always one of, the, one of the paramount considerations that we have. And, and I think once you have a token in play and the ability to move that token, there, there becomes a real risk. One of the things that we've done is our token is native to our blockchain. Uh, So the registry is actually the blockchain itself. There is no wallet, no exportability of the token. And that significantly limits some of the risks that you have in terms of of, uh, hacking and and, uh, malfeasance.
0: Mike, the controller's decision to allow online payment companies and lenders to have national bank charters is being challenged by the top banking regulator in New York who wants state control of banking standards. Are you in favor of the national non-bank charter?
1: So I'm in favor of the idea of having a a common set of rules in which operators uh, execute against. And and one of the challenges in the state uh, governorship is every state has different rules, different considerations, different usury rates, different requirements. And so there's great efficiency that can come to the consumer on a common set of rules. That doesn't preclude the states from establishing a set of rules that are consistent across states, and, and that's a, co- a completely viable way to do this. But we need something because the current patchwork process we have of, of navigating each state's individual rules is, is challenging and problematic for originators, and ultimately that has a negative impact to borrowers.
0: You once had a goal of creating a fintech company that would become the Wells Fargo of the future. Do you have the same dream now, or is it different?
1: It's definitely different. I I think that if you look at what we've done on the fintech side, we we believe there's an enormous opportunity for FIGURE as an alternative lender and, and delivering innovative financial product. But what our real focus is is on blockchain and how much substantive change blockchain will bring into the financial ecosystem the banks will benefit from that change. So I think one of the big differences from where I was six or seven years ago is rather than competing with the banks in terms of of the heart and mind share of the consumer, we're actually providing infrastructure that makes it much easier and more efficient for financial firms to offer products to consumers.
0: What's the next disruption in finance, Mike?
1: Well, I think blockchain is still in the very nascent stages, and, and I think that the impact it's going to have on the mid and back offices of the financial firms is significant. All great technology is deflationary, and, and blockchain is certainly deflationary. Uh, and I think we're at the very beginning of what, over the next five to 10 years, will be a significant wave of blockchain eliminating a lot of the traditional functions and entities that that provided intermediation.
0: What will personal finance look like in five years? Is everything going to be done on the phone?
1: Well, on online, that's right. I, I think that we're moving in that direction. But it's hard to say. And, and, and personal finance, in particular, investments, one of the most difficult things to forecast because we've been wrong consistently for the past decade in terms of where we thought it would end up. I think what will happen is it will look like something that we can't imagine right now. And, and that's again, I think facilitated by blockchain and the interme- disintermediation that blockchain brings to market. Uh, but but I, don't, I don't have a clear view in terms of, or a clear objective in terms of what, where, where we land, other than I'll be surprised.
0: When uh, investors ask you about the risks for uh, your consumer loan business, what do you tell them?
1: Well, one of the things that we did in in the construct of the home equity line of credits that we built out is we went to the capital markets and and talked about what they wanted from an underwriting standpoint. So rather than me trying to impress that I've come across a great black box underwriting methodology that everyone should buy into, we simply said, how do you want us to underwrite the assets and is that commercially viable? And so what we've done is a much more cooperative pr- uh, process with the capital markets to bring assets to market that, that they want to buy and that consumers get a benefit from using?
0: All of the big banks are investing billions of dollars in technology. Will they be able to compete with the more nimble startups or will they bury them? I, I
1: think that uh, it, it's an interesting dynamic, certainly certainly, if you look at the budget of any technology or any, any financial institution, it, it dwarfs any startup in terms of what we spend on engineering resources. And that's why at the end of the day, uh, the real innovation that happens in the financial ecosystem is not so much technology as the moat, it's the ecosystem that we build out. Because technology, especially today, can be easily replicated in any, any form or any dimension. And so I think there's always opportunity for startups that aren't encumbered by some of the legacy structure that large financial institutions have to innovate in the ecosystem. But it's not technology that's necessarily the innovation as much as it is the people they bring together, the processes they put in place, the policies they build out that that really create value.
0: Turning to basics, how would a a listener who wasn't familiar with technology of the blockchain, but listened to us and heard about the opportunities that we've described in a new era with new product, what would you tell them to do? How would they go about learning about it, investing in it, and profiting from it?
1: Well, I think the the key factor is understanding what the characteristics of blockchain are. So blockchain is a distributed, immutable, trustless technology. And if applied to the function of a ledger, a registry, an exchange, one can start to get a picture for how the technology will disrupt the current ecosystem. And, and I think getting a firm grasp of those characteristics and, and identifying points of traditional inter- intermediation that can be disintermediated is really a starting point for an investor to think about where value is going to be created and where value will be destroyed.
0: He's founded multiple financial service companies, including SoFi. But his focus now is how to leverage blockchain technology to disrupt the way that we originate securities and trade assets. First up, his blockchain protocol, Provenance, will facilitate approvals on loans offered by his financial services firm, FIGURE, in minutes rather than days. And he hopes it will have applications across debt, equity, and payment markets. Mike Cagney, thanks for joining us. By the way, if... You have comments about the program or suggestions for topics? Please email me at a closer look at bloomberg.net. That's a closer look, one word at bloomberg.net, and follow me on Twitter at arthalevitt. This is a closer look with Arthur Levitt.